0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is September 1st, 2016, and we are reading from the big book on page 96, the second paragraph. Today's readers are Esther F. on the 12 steps, Charlene G. on the 12 traditions, And reading the text are Kelly S., Sharon H., and Janice B. The reference number for yesterday's meeting, August 31, 2016, is 9041. Our newcomer greeter um, is Marie V. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals, who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 steps.
1: Good morning. This is Esther F., a recover compulsive overeater from Cleveland. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. We try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service and I pass.
0: Thank you, Esther F. And Charlene G., would you please read the 12 traditions of OA?
2: Yes. Good morning. This is Charlene G. Here are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first, personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, twelve. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass.
0: Thank you very much, Charlene G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share in what was read. 96 the second paragraph that begins suppose now you're making your second visit to a man i will now ask uh kelly s to get us started with that paragraph
3: thank
4: you kathy for your service this is kelly s in oklahoma recovered compulsive reader
5: can you hear me Kathy?
0: I can hear you. Sorry, okay. You did. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. Um,
6: all right.
3: Page 96. Suppose now you are making your second visit to a man. He has read this volume and says he is prepared to go through with the 12 steps of the program of recovery. Having had the experience yourself, you can give him much practical advice. Let him know you are available if he wishes to make a decision and tell his story but do not insist upon it if he prefers to consult with someone else. Okay. So, um, I, I feel like this whole paragraph is just kind of a reminder for me that the bottom line in uh, the 12 step is, uh, step 12, basically is the principle of service. And a lot of it's been said, I think, kind of, you know, gearing this maybe around your guide or sponsoring other people. But basically, um, I love that yesterday Nessa talked about, you know, it says in there that this step says we we tried to carry the message. So that's what, you know, my my job now is I'm just trying to carry the message. I'm not just out to fix everybody and I'm not out to have to sponsor everybody or guide them necessarily, uh, be their guide. So, you know, sometimes I get into that thing where I'm like, well, I don't really have time to pick up another sponsee or another person. You know, I just don't and the thing is i have to remember i am here to carry the message and you know it says and you know it says having had a spiritual awakening which for me what i've learned is that means i've been rocketed into the fourth dimension which is the spiritual dimension which now i am running my i'm letting my life be run by a higher power so i'm not you know i'm not the message i'm the messenger and that's all i'm doing is carrying this and it says having had the experience myself I can give him much practical advice. Well, my experiences for 30 years, I came to this room and didn't work this program like it was laid out in the big book. So my practical advice is: follow follow the directions. It's been going on since 1939. It, it, if if that's you know in that time period, they've never changed the first 164 pages because this is what works. And I didn't understand that. So you know, my experiences don't do what I've done. And I know we all have to find our own path. But all I can share is that if you follow this program from the beginning and do as it's laid out, it's going to work. And so, you know, I have to remember that, that that the whole point of this step is just to share my message. And, you know, it talks about, um, you know, we have to give it away to keep it. And it's been said many times since we've been reading this chapter that, you know, at the end of the day, Bill W. stayed sober. And that's what I have to remember because it says over and over, if all else fails – you know, work working with another alcoholic, another compulsive overeater, it's kind of one of those ironies. You know, it's this, We are trying to learn to get out of ourselves, but we're really doing this. We're carrying the message, you know, to uh, keep ourselves abstinent. And um, one of the things I always think about in, in Dr. Bob's story is he gives, you know, he was big into service and carrying the message. And he gives four reasons in his story about why he does that. But his very last one is probably one of my most favorites because i'm selfish and self-centered to the extreme but it says because every time i do it i take out a little more insurance for myself against the possible slip and i'm here to save my ass and so the only way i know to do that is to is to carry the message and again all i can tell people is you know what do what it says in the big book i tried for 30 years and my way didn't work um, you know, focusing on all the other, you know, the tools and and all the other watered down steps didn't work. It's the steps. The tools help me work the steps. You don't work the tools, you work the steps. And um, with that, I pass. And thank you, Kathy, for your service.
0: Thank you, Kelly S. Okay, who would like to share on this paragraph? Julie R. Chrissy G. Okay, Julie R. Chrissy G. Larry. Larry K., Paula D., Paula D.,
7: okay, we'll Shannon S.,
0: Shannon S., let's start with those. Um, so we'll have Julie R., Christy G., Larry K., Paula D., and Shannon S. Please go ahead, Julie.
8: Hi, thank you, Kathy. This is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, from California, but now in Massachusetts on my way to Boston. Um, so it says right here, suppose now you are making your second visit. So I've already been able to talk to the person and share a little bit about what happened to me walking this journey and becoming spiritually fit and how did I do that? So he's come back or she's come back and they made a second uh, uh, you know, appointment to talk about it. And I love that because it says he has already read the volume and he's prepared to go through the 12 steps. And then again, since I've had that experience, and unlike the speaker who just talked a few seconds ago, I had been in OA since 81, and I've had bouts of stuff, but it wasn't until I really followed the precise instructions in this big book that I was able to get what the big book promises. So by sharing that again, I can... I expose myself. I don't keep anything from um, my talks. I tell them everything that I've done with the food, with the spending, with whatever, and how the program has um, turned my life around. And then it says if he wishes to make a decision, and there it is, the decision. you got to have the decision before the action. And if he's willing to make that decision, then let him speak. Because I know sometimes people are, are quiet. They're, they're, they don't know if they should say things. So I will continue to bring out things that I had I've done with food, you know, all of those things that um, normal, quote unquote, people would be shocked and disgusted. And I did those things daily, um, if not several times a day. But if they're not ready, if they're not ready to commit, I can't force anybody. And by nagging somebody, it would be just like if somebody was nagging you to go on a diet, it's gonna turn them off of the program. So I just gently back away. And two of my sponsees that um, I absolutely love working, well, more than two, but two of them, they weren't ready to make take that action. And I would just gently, every, every four weeks, I'd give them a call or text them, say, how you doing? How you doing? And both of them are now recovered for over a year and our sponsoring people because I didn't call them and say, you've got to do this, you've got to work this program. No, we just got to be there. And I am the example of how this program works and which can quickly change if I do not work my program on a daily basis and live with the you know, 10, 11 and 12. So with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Julie R. Chrissy G, please go ahead.
8: Yes, good morning.
0: Can I, can
9: I pass and take
0: pick up the next I just am in the
10: middle of yes sure thank you Larry Kay, are you available sure sure Kathy I'm available it's uh, Larry Kay, recovered compulsible reader from Chicago Um, you know I like what it says here you know um, particularly where it talks about having had the experience yourself you can give him much practical practical advice um that that's a that's a pretty important concept you know having had you know this experience myself um see i i um you know what it does is what what, it, what basically this <clears throat> this tells me that if i apply the first you know 11 steps to the best of my ability i will have a spiritual awakening and a spiritual awakening mm-hmm. is described in a lot of different ways a personality change sufficient to recover from compulsive overeating so i can i can feel believe and do things that i could never do before and and so i'm charged with the responsibility to carry this message to other compulsible readers not a message not you know not some message but but this message and what is this message having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps so um you know it, it I think what it is is when when I feel I feel a certain congruence today there's a certain alignment and it's it comes from my higher power i um, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps so I can think feel and be in a, you know a differently today I'm not the same man that I used to be uh, and I used to you know think well you know early on when when, when I became recovered I thought well You know, I don't want to harm anybody. I don't want to say the wrong thing. You know what they're dying anyway So if you've had this if you've had this experience You are the perfect person perhaps to carry this message to them In fact, we're we're obligated to do that. That's why that's why many of us are on the line every morning I don't come here to get entertained. Although it's sometimes entertaining. I Don't come here necessarily necessarily for insurance. But but I, I come here because this is my charge. This is my responsibility, having had a spiritual awakening as the, res, as the result of these steps. I try to carry this message. This message is clear. In fact, I would argue that OA, you know, AA, OA, we only have one message. That's it. <laughs> we have one message, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. you If you are still in the food today a little bit, maybe a lot, you don't have to be anymore. You can have your own personality change, your own spiritual awakening sufficient to arrest this disease, to be brought into alignment to, with your higher power. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry. Um, before we move on, I just want uh, to make a gentle reminder that uh, to make sure you're muting if you're not the person sharing. We have, seem to have some background noise going on. Okay.
9: Um, Chrissy G, are you available now? Hi, it's Chrissy G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Anorexic from New Jersey. Thank you so much for giving me a moment. I um, read yesterday, I, I just started a new job, and so my schedule is changing, and that's usually part of my practice is that I go to daily mass, it's part of my faith, and I I missed it, but I did the reading yesterday, and it was about planting seeds, it was about planting seeds, and the fact that we don't know what's going to happen after we plant those, like a farmer plants the seeds, he doesn't know if it's going to grow, you know, the the rest of the work is in God's hands, and I love the spiritual principle that's behind this part of the step, and this explanation of the step, because it's, it's, really applies to the rest of my life. I'm charged with getting up every day and doing to the best of my ability what I think it is God's will for me without, you know, having coffee instructions laid out for
11: me, but every morning, you know, put a piece of paper. Uh,
0: Chrissy, oh, you're going in and out. Can you do anything about that? How's this? Oh, that's better.
9: Okay. So I don't get I don't get um a notebook, you know, with instructions every morning from God. I have to connect with him and and try to um set aside my my ego so that I could hear this still small voice, which I've learned is my higher power, and follow and follow that for the day to the best of my ability and the outcome is hundred percent in his hands. And it's been a really good lesson to learn that just because something doesn't have um, a successful ending in my way of thinking, like this person got sober, it was, it was worth my time, this person didn't get sober, it wasn't worth my time. That's not an indicator of whether I did God's will or not. I don't get to, to know all of that stuff. That, that's way beyond me, how, that, how my actions are going to affect someone now or in the future. I'm just supposed to suit up, show up, do to the best of my ability, imperfectly as it may be done, God's will, and that. So that's the principle for this program, and also for the rest of my life. And with that, I
0: pass. Thank you, Chris G. Uh, Paula D. It's your turn. Paula, press star
3: one
0: to unmute.
12: Ah, that brings a lot more clarity, I'm sure. This would be Paula. (laughs) This would be Paula D. uh, Gratefully recovered, compulsive eater, with and by the grace of God. Currently in Boston, in um, New Hampshire. Suppose now, and I'm I'm just gonna read this, but I'm gonna zip on down here. We know this is a second visit. Ooh, that's huge right there a second visit so something is happening he has read this volume and says he is prepared to go through with the 12 steps of the program are you you know this is what i realize am i prepared these words are more than words let him know if you are available are you life has many turns but you know it says on page 85 that that this is a spiritual this is a spiritual that we must carry we, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm breaking up a little bit. The spiritual life is not a fairy. We have to live it. Here's where you live it. Here's where you live it. It's more than just a talk. It's being with a fellow traveler where he was. And he's seeing where he can be. You're bringing him hope. Continue for a lifetime. It says here, This thought brings us to step 10. Look at what, continue to set any right. Yeah, any new mistakes as we go along. How does that fit in? How you come to this person? We have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. Here it is. Here the words take on more than. This is a life that we live now. And it goes on. Look at what we're continuing to do. Having had the experience yourself, oh, not that experience. Yes, that dark experience will bring light. Does not that, what Mr. Ford says in the big book? Use it. And look at what it says. You can give him. You've got something to give. It was always to take when we lived that other life. Today, it's to give. Practical. What's practical? Oh, not highfalutin ideas. Honey, he don't need that. Lord knows that we in in our ego, we have enough of those. Look at what it says here. What does it say? Let him know. And I'm going to repeat this. You are available if he wishes to make a decision. There it is, a decision. You see already decisions being made. He picked up the book. He met with you. And then it goes on. And tell his story. Tell his story. Not to edit it. Not to change it. Not to look down on it. Just to listen. Whoa. But do not insist upon it if he prefers to consult someone else. Ooh, now we see another ego put in place. What is your motive? What is your goal? To see him come to freedom. To see him come to the place that you are happily. And if it's another that guides him, oh, there we are praying for both. Thank you for allowing me this time to share. With that, I do pass.
0: Thank you, Paula D. Shannon S., please go ahead.
7: Hi there, this is Shannon S. from Duluth, Minnesota. Can you guys hear me okay?
0: I can. Thank you, Shannon. Awesome.
7: Okay, so the first line that jumped out at me on this was okay, so now you're making your second visit what I used to think like was like okay I'm going to this person's house or meeting up for coffee this second time they better have their stuff in in gear they better get going I used to be such a brat about this Um, but now with really working through the steps and working through this chapter with you guys I have such a new take of compassion where you know I, I don't set my expectations anymore and it's so freeing it is so freeing to let the ball be in their court and speaking of the ball being in their court um, I really cued into the line let him know you are available if he wishes then to make a decision and tell his story so, with that sentence, we're not saying you have to you have to do this. you have to get up and go and do this, and like it's like your assignment no we we leave it open ended, and we actually leave the ball in their court because metaphorically speaking, if this person is gonna be able to play the soccer game of recovery, they need to start knowing how to actually take some action and start kicking the ball around um so because, uh, you know, that's going to be how it is from here on out is that they and God and their higher power are going to need to start um, coming to the program, coming to the steps. We are not dragging them. So this is like we're like the first step of allowing things to be open ended for them to come to recovery and not us drag them to recovery. Um, and for us, it just cuts the cord of attachment. Um because we're here and we're open, uh, about helping. Um, uh, but they still have that freedom to decide just like we have the freedom to decide to go to our higher power. And, um, I just, I'm very, very, very grateful for this, but it allows, um, this, you know, just them to really start looking at the version of their self that is, um, connected to their higher power, Versus the self that is chained in misery from their compulsion, you know, because within all of us, no matter how far down the line we've gone, we still always have that version of ourselves that is still connected to our higher power. We just really need to look at it, tune into it and allow it to be unleashed so that we can focus on that and go forward. So those are the things that come up in my crazy recovering mind. And I thank you for listening and thank you for being here. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Shannon S. Okay, who else would like to share on this paragraph? Amanda R. Okay, Amanda R., anyone else?
5: Charles H.
0: Charles H., anyone else? Okay, Amanda R., please go ahead.
4: Good morning. This is Amanda R and I am the report Compulsive leader for Maine. And um I like the sentence that having had the experience yourself, you can give him much practical advice. And um, it's true, like all the people who were so patient with me when I was working the steps, you know, one through nine, and I would get confused, I would get stuck on something, I'd be spinning my wheels and I'd be, you know, doing my outreach calls. Thank you to my sponsor for requiring those because it gave me, you know, gave me a reason to, to talk to people who had more experience than I did. And I, this specific thing happened, like when I got to step four, I bogged down. And I was, when I was writing, I was waiting for a time in my day when I was not tired, not overwhelmed not depressed I mean like to have all those three things happen at once um, it happened maybe one minute every week so I was not making much progress in my fourth step and one person I called had the simplest bit of practical experience ever that saved me and kept me going to the fourth step which was she said when I commit my food in the morning um, also or whenever I usually commit the night before commit the time I'm going to be working on that fourth step and um, and stick with it. Like, if I need to change it, get in touch with it, just like a full change. And, you know, obviously try not to change it. And my gosh, that worked beautifully. You know, it. I got moving again. I finished the fourth step. And um, I'm just so thankful that, you know, for that help. And I'm so thrilled today when somebody calls me and they're having... It seems like my higher power really guides the people to me that I actually have. Like, oh my gosh, I have actually I had that same problem that you're having, and I have an idea. Like, here's here's the little life hacks that work for me to um, to fix the situation. So I'm super thrilled when I can do that with people, and um, yeah. So that's all I had to say. Thank you to everyone who has helped my process and continues to do so, and we
5: I uh, will pass with that. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Amanda R. Charles H., please go ahead.
5: How you doing, Kathy K? Thank you um, for your service, Charles H., a Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, I'm in your neck of the woods this morning representing a, a, a Red Sox hat. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know you, you know uh the second visit um you know, and this is my second day here, and I had to ask the, the hotel representative for directions I don't know where i'm going, but but I'm willing to get get there, so there there is uh, directors that know more than I do, and uh, i i'm I'm willing to uh humble myself to get some direction. um and uh, until I got to that point with 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 a, a, a um somebody that could shed the light for me in in, in this in this fellowship um as per the big book then I, you know I was lost even with the direction even with the directions clear cut given to me um I'm willing to get I don't know where I'm going but there is somebody that can direct me if I'm willing. You know, um I can read the book in the interval. I I got this direction manual right here and I'm 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 willing uh to meet uh with with people. I I ain't come here to sleep. You know, I came here to to be a, a, among the living. And this is such a beautiful place because everybody here is jogging and running and doing I I me I need to slow down and get some directions and um and, and be willing, right? and be willing to be taught by somebody that has blazed this trail before me. And that's all I got this morning. You guys have a beautiful day, and I'll, and I'll pass it back.
0: Thank you, Charles H. I hope to see you tomorrow. Um, okay, uh, I think we'll move on to the next paragraph. Sharon H., would you read it, please?
13: Thank you, Kathy. Can you hear me okay? I can. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, This is Sharon H., recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado, by God's grace, in these 12 steps. He may be broke and homeless. If he is, you might try to help him getting a job or give him a little financial assistance. But you should not deprive your family or creditors of money they should have. Perhaps you will want to take the man into your home for a few days but be sure you use discretion. Be certain that he will be welcomed by your family and that he is not trying to impose upon you for money, connections, or shelter. Permit that and you only harm him. You will be making it possible for him to be insincere. You may be aiding in his destruction rather than his recovery." And um, what I see in this paragraph is, you know, we have we have had the privilege, by God's grace in these 12 steps, to have a new way of thinking and a new way of seeing things once we're at this point uh, working with um, another suffering compulsive overeater. And um, so, again, it comes down to we must always seek God's guidance and discretion in all these situations that are mentioned here. Um, And I haven't seen this happen so much in my experience in um, the 12-step rooms of compulsive overeating as I did when I was in another program with so many people coming in broke and homeless. However, again, I must never forget that God is the one that can change hearts and minds and to do what only he can do in the... um, Life of someone else, I am there to be a step guide, and, like it says here, the prior paragraph at that point, this person has said he's prepared to go through the twelve steps of recovery, and um one of the things that I think is so important about this is it does say on the next <clears throat> well i don't I'm just going to say it anyway, <laughs> we have to burn the idea into the consciousness of every Every man or woman that he can get well, regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house. And uh, so, you know, with the guidance of our own step guide and God's guidance, we will know when to provide some of these situations. <clears throat> and I have seen those things happen where someone mentions to someone else about a job they know about. And so there are these ways that we help in a practical way when we can without neglecting our own financial responsibilities and neglecting our own family responsibilities to help another suffering fellow in this program. And um, that is what is the miracle of this program, is that only by God's grace and having worked these 12 steps ourselves are we able to have that uh, guidance and direction that will, just like it says here, the last thing we would want to do would be aiding in his destruction rather than his recovery and that's that's our bottom line. That's our primary purpose when we go to the suffering alcoholic or compulsive overeater and go through this process. And um, taking someone into your home again, you know, that would be um, something that we would have to discuss with the family, our own family, and again, get guidance on that. Um, There are a lot of times when that would not be the wisest thing to do. And um, so I just love these paragraphs because they do give us so much practical information. And today, you know, we're not um, um, self-will run riot. So we think we can either save everybody or we're not going to do anything for anybody. God is teaching us this new way of thinking and this new way of living. And that's what we are given as step guides and this book is what will get them through the process of the twelve steps and bring them to a new way of life just like it's brought us to a new way of life. And with that I pass. Thanks, Kathy.
0: Thank you, Sharon H. Who would like to share on this paragraph?
14: Nessa R.
15: Naming
0: Jill U L P. a P Okay uh, okay, I'm losing you now. Nessa R, uh, I heard Reva P. Hello? Amy G. Amy G. Du L. Du L. Sarah P. Ron- w. Rhonda D. Rhonda D. Okay, let's start with those. So I have Nessa R, Reva P, Amy G, Du L, Sarah W, and Rhonda D. Please go ahead, Nessa.
14: Hi, thank you. Good morning. Vision for you. My name is Nessa R. Recovered in Toronto, Canada. To me, this paragraph describes the line between helping and enabling. And for me to recognize that line, um, I guess there's there's two indications that, that I could have crossed that line. One is when I start thinking that it's up to me to get somebody recovered, Um, it is not even up to me to get me recovered my job is you know to do the work which means being entirely abstinent and working the steps and it is God who does the rest for me who gets me recovered and it's the same thing with sponsees I am merely a facilitator Uh, I'm a guide you know it is their job to be entirely abstinent and to do the work to the best of their abilities going going through the steps and the rest is up to god i am not god and that's the first the the first indication that i i may have crossed the the line between helping and enabling the second one is when i start to care more about their recovery of my sponsees than they themselves do um and you know, it, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm delighted when my sponsees recover. There's no greater joy in program than to watch a sponsee blossom and attain that that level of spirituality that makes one happy, joyous, and free. But I cannot care more than they do. Um, I like what was shared earlier and the visualization of dragging somebody. I cannot drag somebody into recovery. It is their job to want it. My, my job is merely to show them the way, show them what I've done, uh, so they can choose the option whether to do it or not. Um, so humility here as a sponsor is a big role, is a key factor. Uh, it is not up to me to save anyone. You know, I tried to save myself many, many times, and that didn't work. you, know, you got to step back and realize just do the work, and the rest is up to God. Uh, that worked for me, and that's the way it should work for my sponsors as well. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Nessa R. Uh, Reva P., please go ahead.
16: Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. I love the word discretion. That was not a word that I knew uh, in a practical way before this program. And this paragraph for me addresses my tendency, as others have shared, to either overdo or do nothing, the person of extremes. So by the time I'm at this point in the step work, I'm at step 12 and I've got access to a power greater than myself, Um, and I can get really confused about what to do, what not to do, what's enabling, what's helping. Um, It gets very complicated. So for me, the discretion comes from my higher power, Um, just like with everything else in my life. I need to ask for guidance. Um, What do I do? What do I not do? And how and when to give to somebody who is coming in or wants to work the steps Um, and I have to really be careful not to do my higher powers job, their higher powers job, their job Um, and it's really situation by situation um, and for each individual Um, and I don't get that perfectly but at least I know to ask um, because I do tend to either run with the ball and go, 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 go or I just give up and want to do nothing. And for me, the discretion um, also applies to everybody else in my life, not just people um, wanting to work the steps, especially with my children. I've definitely had to learn through trial and error You know what's doing too much and enabling um, and, and what's uh, really helping. And I love that it says I can harm people by overdoing and doing too much and not letting somebody learn from their own mistakes and their own pain. Again, pain has big been the biggest motivator for me, the biggest impetus to do my step work. Um, and it's really difficult to watch people um, be in pain and be uncomfortable because um, it makes me uncomfortable. Um, so I have to watch my tendency, you know, it's a selfish reason that I want to feel good, so I want everybody else to be okay. Um, so it applies in all my relationships, and I'm so grateful. Um, yeah, that I get to ask, you know, how, how, and when to give. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Reva P. Amy G. Please go ahead. Good morning, and my name is
17: Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you so much for your service. Thanks, everyone, for an awesome meeting. You know, we may aid in their destruction. I mean, those are pretty strong words, and. You know, I, I am a sponsor, and I have, I, I, I have a sponsor, and it's, it's hard. I mean, I understand as a sponsee not to put a sponsor, you know, on a pedestal. I mean, what they say, what my sponsor says, has impact. It's important to me. I, I put them in a position where I want them to hold me accountable. I want them to tell me what to do. I want to follow instructions. Um, and then as a sponsor, it's very clear based on this sentence that you know. What we say has an impact. Yes, I am not God. I don't want to be put in a position of a God-like type of person because <laughs> I never rise above the level of being human, but certainly what I have to say has impact. That's why I'm asked to be a sponsor. So it's very important that I'm, I think about what it is I'm going to say and how I guide and whether I'm carrying a message of of what of depth and weight that, and whether I'm guiding them constantly to the 12 steps. and. I guess my point to all of this is that, you know, when you sponsor someone for especially a long period of time or even a newcomer, scenarios are going to come up. And even in my time of sponsoring that I'm not going to have an answer to. I may not know. I may not understand. And it's important for me as a sponsor to know that I don't need to wing it. If the sponsee asks me something that I'm not sure on how to guide them, yes, I need to pray about it. But one of the most important things I can do is use the fellowship of other recovered sponsors and go to them and say, well, this is a situation, of course, respecting anonymity and not using names, but to say, I'm dealing with a situation that I'm not exactly sure which step to guide them to, or, you know, what the scenario is, how I should help them, you know, or look, especially when it comes to jobs and, and circumstances in people's lives. For example, if someone says, um, You know, I lost my job and, you know, I need help. Uh, Do you know what I can do? We can work on some step work. We can do prayer and meditation. But what if I have the ability to help that person get a job? What if I work in the same field that they do? Would I not want to network them and help them? What if I'm a resume writer? You know, what would I do to help them? And those are scenarios where I need to use wisdom and discernment to make sure that I'm not enabling Versus helping, but can I help? Sure, there's are ways that I can help. Sure, I might have some feedback based on my practical experience. Those are things that I can do, but I'm constantly bouncing things off of my recovered network and my recovered friends and asking them, was this the right thing to do? Is this the right thing? How do I make that kind of feedback? It's important because what I have to say is then going to impact another person. And this is all easier said than done, and i and I like what others have said. you know sponsors are not perfect, and it's important to understand that that I can try to do the best I can, but to trust God in this process as
0: well and with that, I'll pass. thank you amy g um do l please go ahead.
18: Good morning. this is do L. recover compulsive over from new york and I love what everybody had to share um, about, you know, enabling and discernment and looking at what that looks like Um, because it's really important, you know. It's really important knowing when to give and when not to give, you know, um, and when it's aiding someone in their destructiveness. And, you know, one of the things I, I learned very early on is, uh, the way I aid into someone's uh, destructiveness is by working for their recovery harder than I do. You know, um, they need to work for their recovery. They need to be responsible for their recovery. And we talked about that yesterday, and we're talking about it again today. And you know, if I'm if I'm uh, enabling someone, you know, by by telling them exactly what to do for every single thing that is aiding their destructiveness they need to be reaching out to other people they need to be reaching out especially to their higher power to look at what that looks like for them you know and like you know it's it's so easy to give into you know oh okay i i'm recover i know you know i know better or whatever and then you know and then you get into the rut yourself right you can get into the selfishness yourself and so it's really important not only to the newcomer but the recover person to keep it real you know to see where they can be helpful for me um, aiding someone you know today I don't I don't bring somebody into my home right but I can I can um, help them to get to a meeting I can help them to find a meeting I can help them and aid them in um, in in other areas you know and I love what Amy and the prior uh, person said you know it's about where to be helpful, when to be helpful, and how to, how to look at that, those different situations. And it is on an individual basis. So I'm just so grateful that, you know, today, through God's help and God's power, I get to discern that and, and look at where I can be helpful to others and, and, you know, not enable them in their destructiveness. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, du uh, Sarah W., please go ahead.
11: Good morning, Kathy. This is Sarah W., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. Thank you for your service today. Um, I was in this position um, at one point where I needed help um, uh, financially, and um, I had been working the steps, and it was not a sponsor, but it was somebody that I knew uh, that was able to help me financially, and I did pay them back in full. I guess for me what enabling is, is doing for somebody what they can do for themselves. And um, we take away that person's dignity and integrity when we do that. But when we really reach out and help somebody that is really working on trying, what we're showing them is that we care and that we trust them and that we're there for them. And I think that's really what, um, what kindness and compassion is about. On the other side of the spectrum, I have to look at my motives, and I think that's what he's kind of asking us to do. Uh, what is my motive in helping? Is my motive to build myself up? Is it my motive to put myself in a position of power? Is my motive to, um, to have some kind of control in this situation? I think that's what I have to discern with everything I do with a sponsee and how I treat people. Uh, you know, is it to help or to harm? And the reality is that um, if anything that I'm going to do is going to harm, I need to really relook at that, uh, whether it be letting somebody go or not. Because, you know, in 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 all honesty, it really kind of, it, it's very concerning to me. Uh, I think the idea is, and I have had people walk away and I've just said to them, you know, I'm not sure I'm the person that can help you. but But to say, you know, you're just not doing the work, you know, If we really believe that this is a disease of powerlessness and that we are beyond human aid and somebody keeps trying and trying, is it that they're not trying? I don't think so. So, you know, I guess for me, you know, I have to be sincere and I have to discern with my higher power, you know, what it is that that person is trying to do and how I can help them in a healthy way uh, that I'm not going to take away their dignity. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sarah W. Uh, Rhonda D., please go ahead.
4: Thank you. This is Rhonda D., a recovering compulsive overeater in Tennessee. What spoke to me about this paragraph is that sometimes there are very practical needs in um, someone entering this program. And when I first began I had a lot of questions about abstinent eating not only what that meant but just really practical things and it was incredibly helpful for me to have meals with those that were practicing abstinence and observe how they manage their food and see some of the tools that they used to support their abstinence and there was something about that physical personal demonstration that helped me feel that it was possible, that made it not seem difficult and were incredibly helpful. And so, you know, I'm, I'm reading this thinking about, you know, having someone to dinner at home and helping answer questions and, and showing how you go through preparing an abstinent meal or managing things with other members of your family. And, and I, 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 like that it creates this instruction for us on helping not only just with the step work but with also also that practical support to help people along on their journey. And with that I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Rhonda D. We have time for a two minute share. Would anyone like to share?
18: I'm Renee C
0: Renee C. I'm sorry, um I'm not sure who the first person was. Can you try again, Renee? C. I think it was I, Penny. Penny J. Okay, Penny C., I think you were the first one. And the others, Renee and Anita, if you can share after we start the second half, that would be great. Please go ahead, Penny.
6: Okay, thank you. I'll be quick. Uh, my name is Penny C., recovered compulsive overeater near Boston, heading to the capital today. Um, and I, I was thinking the last speaker reminded me that um, the I knew the woman who was one of the first two people who began the first meeting on the east coast of O-Readers Anonymous uh, in Hopkinton, Mass. I mean in Holliston, Massachusetts, and I believe that meeting continues today. And she became my sister's sponsor many years ago, and. And the first thing she did when she agreed to be my sister's sponsor is say, um, "You tell me now. In a couple of days, we're going to go food shopping together, and then I'm coming to your house." And indeed, she spent a whole afternoon showing my sister how she was going to prepare her food. And they got a scale, and she showed them, she showed her how they would, um, how Barbara would do that, and where she would leave it, where she would remember. And so that's what the the long timers used to do, indeed. Um, and inviting someone to dinner is another wonderful way, um, and maybe that, you know, as a sponsor, I could help that other person uh, prepare her meal, or it's just a great idea. And I don't know that many of us have even thought of doing that, but that's the practical aspect. But of course, the the real um, solution is spiritual, and so getting down to spiritual practices, they are so important. Someone once said on this line that she believed that writing down our spiritual practices and following them every day was more important maybe than even writing down our food and and um, following our plan. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Penny C. Thank you to everyone who has shared. It's now time to close the meeting. Um, But we will start the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing and some announcements. We'll now close with the reading from the big book on page 164. And I will ask Janice B., to read a vision for you, our book is
15: meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Kathy. Hi, visionaries. This is Janice B., recovered compulsive ovarie during Vermont. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask Him in your morning meditation.